0: shrek what's your name shrek shrek one of the best movies ever made in my opinion however if you ask me i actually think shrek 2 is even better than shrek 1 but if you look closely enough at the movie And you're someone who's in the truth-seeking community, so you're someone who looks into predictive programming, who looks into revelation and the method, who looks into all this historical context, you may actually realize that Shrek offers up and reveals some very interesting truth throughout the movie. Now, I've never seen any other videos on the subject, so some of what I talk about in this video might be a bit of a reach, but at the very least, I hope that by seeing me exploring the topic, at the very least, I hope that this gets you thinking. We're going to be talking about themes such as magic, Giants, a lot of weird symbolism with Lord Farquaad, and possibly some Cabbage Patch Kids and Orphan Train references? Hmm. As well as fairy tale creatures that might not be so fairy tale after all. Can you guys handle the truth? I want the truth! The truth? You want the truth? I oh! want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Hard truth. episode 13. Let's get to the video now. happening guys Jared Way's back here with another video on the Jared and James channel if you guys didn't know that must mean that you're not subscribed to the channel so you know what to do hit that subscribe button be sure to leave a like drop a comment let me know what you guys think of this video follow me on every platform I post regularly everywhere check me out wherever you guys listen to content I'm there so, we're going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite movies, as I usually do in most of these movie predictive programming type videos. But, as many of us know, Hollywood likes to use movies and shows as this way of revelation of the method, as well as predictive programming. But like, today's video isn't going to be as much about predictive programming as I've done in the past. This video is going to be more based on revealing some interesting historical truths, as far as I see it in the movie. Shrek, you guys are free to disagree with me, however you want. Boo! You stink! You guys may think I'm reaching here, but I find this to be a very interesting topic, so let's get to it now. First off, there was a witch who cast a spell on Fiona. But she had an enchantment upon her of a fearful sort, which could only be broken by love's first kiss. Using some type of witchcraft magic, as we know is very dark occultist, and this spell makes Fiona an ogre by night and a beautiful princess by day. By night one way, by day another, this shall be the norm until you find true love's first kiss. When I was a little girl, a witch cast a spell on me. Now, why would Fiona's parents sacrifice their daughter to the spell? Were they in fact making a deal with the devil? Hmm, let's dive a bit further. We're gonna get back to that in a little bit, but just setting the scene for now. Next up, where Shrek lives. In this swamp, of course. What?! What are you doing in my swamp? But if you actually look at the design of his house, could this possibly resemble one of these giant mounds where giants used to live? Or also one of these giant trees that we hear about? If you dig deep enough into the research, everything was much bigger back before so much of our history got erased. And so could this idea of an ogre or this giant figure living under a mound, could this be a reference to giants living in these places? And furthermore, Shrek even makes a reference to these giants. When the angry villagers are coming at him with their pitchforks and knives, Shrek mentions how giants are the ones who eat people and grind your bones for its brains. You'll grind your bones for its bread. (laughs) Yes, well actually that would be a giant. Could this be referencing the fallen angels i.e. the Nephilim who some were known to eat people and grind them up as RJ actually mentioned during one of our recent rabbit hole roundups when it came to this idea of Santa eating his elves possibly because this idea of fallen angels God cast them out of heaven and some of them came down to roam the earth and of course plenty of giants were known to do great things and plenty were kind amazing creatures I guess you call them as far as I know and as far as I've read about and I heard about with Sean Hibbler and others, but some of these Nephilim Giants were cast out of heaven for a reason because they were evil Evil! and they came down here to implant their DNA into humans. Thus you have the Anunnaki coming about and you have these this new human race that was created if you guys follow that whole story. And so I definitely think that Shrek is referencing the Giants and the Nephilim quite interestingly here if you ask me. What am I? Uh really tall? Also, going along the same lines, I actually read a book by Claudio Nocelli talking about how some of these lands beyond Antarctica inhabit giants and Nephilim, and how some of them were actually known to be very evil, cannibals, and to maybe even eaten other humans. If the pizzas don't arrive, I've already made the decision that we will eat Biong following the same logic that I just mentioned so maybe this isn't so fairy tale after all is it moving on when you have all these fairy tale creatures being lined up in shackles and taken away could this idea be similar to the parents being taken away from their kids to these insane asylums for not going along with the whole narrative and then thus you have one of these past resets possibly and then the orphan trains and the kids who followed essentially didn't have parents I mean this particular instance might be a bit of a stretch because these were just fairy tale Creatures, but something very odd was going on there. When you have all these fairy tale creatures being lined up in shackles and taken away, I think. This could be referencing this concept of the orphan trains, but how their parents were actually taken away to these insane asylums because they didn't want to go along with the narrative of the reset. And I'm gonna to touch on this in more depth in a little bit because I actually noticed a very striking resemblance coming up soon. But the movie definitely portrays these people as looking crazy and as sounding crazy too, because they're all chanting something which is very odd. Come on. Yes. Next up we have Lord Farquaad's symbol which is essentially marking the cross making him possibly Satan? or the leader of some sort of satanic cult. Plus, he always wears red, and is all about tricking and killing people. Moreover, he even talks to Jinji about this idea of poisoning his perfect world. You and the rest of that fairy tale trash poisoning my perfect world. So could this idea be referencing this idea of Satan running our realm, as it mentions in the Bible, the Old Testament? Because the whole thing is, why would Lord Farquaad refer to this as his perfect world, as opposed to just saying something like his perfect town or village? I find it odd that Lord Farquaad, who has this symbol that looks exactly like the cross, he wears red all the time, he engages in all these vices and all these Satanistic activities. I think he may see himself as the ruler of this realm and he may be a reference to Satan. And to take this idea one step further even, who does he call upon to help him find his princess? He uses this magic mirror. Magic mirror. Which is black, so black magic, which is dark occultist magic, and this mirror is supposed to help him accomplish his evil goals. Now, I don't believe that all magic is evil necessarily, but when these elites use it, of course, it's not going to be like this positive manifestation. And then, which princess does Lord Farquaad end up picking to become his queen? Princess Fiona, a fiery redhead who lives in this tower that's guarded by a dragon and that's filled with lava and fire everywhere. Threat number three is a fiery redhead from a dragon and guarded castle surrounded by hot boiling lava. And as Don McLean says in the song American Pie, which I spoke about recently in one of my recent Hard videos, fire is the devil's only friend. So why would this magic mirror reference this fiery redhead and why would this entice Lord Farquad? Hmm. moving right along this one might be my favorite theory that I picked up on from this movie I mean once again this could be a stretch and also possibly the timeline might be off here because I believe that strike is probably supposed to take place in like either the 1100s or the 1500s because you have Robin Hood and you have these villagers who look like serfs or whatever but just because the movie timeline is off doesn't mean that they're not showing these historical truths out of context. So now, this was my most interesting possibility that I came up with from this movie. You have this town of Duloc, which is an empty town. Just like the 1800s, if you look at any of these pictures where you don't see any people throughout the whole picture, throughout these massive towns. But yet, they going to tell you that all these people built these massive structures and these incredible buildings. Then what happens? Right after Shrek says, where is everybody? Where is everybody? Him and Donkey go up to this presentation board, which opens up and then you see a bunch of brainwashed kids. So now I think this could be referencing the Cabbage Patch Kids and the Orphan Trains. Especially considering how these kids were taken from their parents, the parents shouldn't want to go along with the narrative of this past reset, and the kids were then heavily indoctrinated because they didn't have their parents tell them the truth anymore. So what are these kids talking about during the song? This idea of staying in line, doing as they're told, and then talking about this, this perfect place which sounds very communist-like. And what do we know happened in the early 1900s, shortly after this? this possible reset. This theory of a possible reset, you have the Rockefeller education system coming around to indoctrinate kids, you have the World's Fairs doing all this indoctrination, teaching kids about evolution, dinosaurs, and ultimately creating a nation of workers rather than a nation of thinkers. Because that's the only way that you get all these people to go along with these ideas. And these kids who are on these puppets even look like the Cabbage Patch kids that we see. Very interesting, if you ask me. Then, going one step further when it comes to Lord Farquaad, he makes everyone do as he says and even talks about. Sacrificing people. Some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I am willing to make. Hmm, could this be the idea of Satan using the idea of, of human and child sacrifice? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? This guy makes everyone clap when he wants him to. <laughs> He is everyone fully indoctrinated. So I think that this could definitely be this idea of referencing the Cabbage Patch Kids, the Orphan Trains, and all these indoctrinated kids who didn't know any better because they, they didn't have any past world experience to know what the old world was like. So they were easily brought into the new world and were easily brainwashed into this new knowledge of things that never actually happened. And this whole concept was done to get people further away from God and more towards Satan, who in this movie, I think, is represented by Lord Farquaad. And this guy is in Charge of this town of Duloc. Furthermore, you have these dragons, you have this one massive dragon who's guarding Fiona's castle. You know what else? You know what else? You're a girl dragon. Oh sure. I... But something that I find interesting is that dragon is actually not seen as a fairy tale creature in this movie. If you think about it, all these other fairy tale creatures got taken away but this one dragon was actually commissioned to guard the castle as far as I could tell at least. I don't think that dragon is referenced as a fairy tale creature and taking this idea one step further in the castle you even see these dragon statues slash fossils which we also see if you look far enough these days Intending the research done by a doctor regenerated done by Sean Hibbler. I 100% believe that dragons were real but The Rockefeller education system replaced them with dinosaurs as a way of convincing you of evolution and convincing you that this earth is 4.6 billion years old (laughs) and then this whole big bang theory came along and everything just happened randomly without a creator. Which I believe is complete nonsense if you ask me. But of course, as many of us in the truth seeking world know, Satan is going to invert everything and bring you further away from the truth. What about when Shrek and Donkey get to Fiona's castle, what does Shrek recognize? It's brimstone. Don't be talking about the brimstone. I know what I smell. The smell of brimstone and fire. Which, if you look this up, this is an idiomatic expression referring to God's wrath in the Old and New Testament. And this often appears in reference to the fate of the unfaithful. So, could this be referencing that Fiona may have been doing some dark stuff, or her family may have been, and so therefore she was being punished? by being placed behind this brimstone and fire. And this idea of Fiona changing to an ogre every night and a princess during the day. Could this be like making a deal with the devil once again, as I mentioned earlier on? And Shrek also essentially makes a deal with the devil, if you follow my line of reasoning when it comes to Lord Farquaad being like Satan, because to get his swamp back, he has to go on this quest to rescue Fiona from the tower. Quest? I'm already on a quest. A quest to get my swamp back. All right, ogre, I'll make you a deal. But. The whole proposition doesn't doesn't actually pay off in the end and he doesn't end up happy and satisfied because rather than following his heart, he was tricked into following the devil or Farquaad in this case. Moving right along, next up, what about when Shrek and Donkey are sitting out by the fire at night and they're looking up at the stars? Now, Donkey is curious whether the stars could tell his future. can you tell my future from these stars? Could this be referencing the sense of astrotheology, which I know is considered pseudoscience, but could there possibly be some truth there? I don't know, I haven't looked deep enough into that, but like if you guys listen to this guy, Santos Bonacci, I'm pretty sure he's very into this stuff and he and he has a lot of very interesting theories when it comes to this, but then Shrek says that the stars don't tell you your future, they actually tell stories about the past. I think like there actually could be a lot of truth in this. God put the stars in the firmament along with the Sun and Moon, and I think these constellations could definitely tell some interesting stories and of course you have the North Star which which actually never moves which would indicate the city of Flat Earth once again and this is just like a side note but if you guys look at the size of the moon and the size of the Sun in this movie which are appearing to be very close to the characters in the movie this would indicate a local Sun and a local moon not ones that are 93 million miles away or any of that nonsense furthermore this is another very interesting take I had on this when Fiona tells Donkey to get this blue flower with red thorns Shrek, I'm too young for you to die! Run into the woods and find me a blue flower with red thorns Blue flower red thorns As a way of saving Shrek, whom she says might be dying Donkey starts saying, don't die me Shrek And then he says to him, if you see a tunnel, stay away from the light And if you see a long tunnel, stay away from the light! Now I've heard some very interesting conspiracies when it comes to this idea of when you're dying to not actually go into the light because doing that will actually end up being worse for your soul. Now, I don't know for sure, but I just wanted to present this as an interesting theory out there. And so I find it interesting that Donkey is telling Sharks to stay away from the light. So could this be him giving us some truth? Maybe. And lastly, I wanted to present some interesting conspiracy theories that I searched up online when it comes to this movie, Shrek. Now, one that seems to be very common was this idea that Fiona may actually be a cannibal. Now when I first heard this theory, my initial thoughts were, I don't see it at all, it sounds pretty crazy and unhinged to me, but I saw some interesting reasoning behind this theory. First off, Fiona is locked away in this castle, guarded by a dragon with no other people in there. How does she get food? How is she able to survive? And in the castle you actually see, there's a knight's boots with bones, clearly being eaten by something. You see many other corpses in the building, in the castle, but the most fascinating evidence that I found with regards to this theory, is that if you look closely, you can actually see there's a book in the castle where it says, nightly treats so how does dragon feed fiona possibly by bringing her all these dead bodies and then later on in the movie when fiona is saying how can anyone love this ugly hideous beast could she also be referring to this idea of eating the humans who came to the castle and donkey could be doing some revelation here when he first realizes that fiona is an ogre at night and he even says to her you ate the princess in this body oh my god you ate the And lastly, I have one final theory I wanted to address in this video because I found this one online too and this one was interesting as well. So now you have this movie's setting of a shared fairy tale reality where the gingerbread man can be tortured and interrogated about the whereabouts of the muffin man. Characters from all well-known children's tales seem to live and coexist together in this movie. This one reddit user argues that Pinocchio is not the only character from Carlo Collodi's classic children's novel to appear in Shrek. The theory posits that Donkey wasn't born a donkey and is instead a human turned into one by a sorcery. Getting back to this idea of black magic, occult magic that I mentioned earlier, and the reference to this magic mirror, he's not just any human either, but Lampwick, Pinocchio's delinquent friend who was transformed along with all the other inhabitants of the land of toys of Pleasure Island which if you guys have ever looked into the Pinocchio Conspiracy could this be the same thing as Epstein's Island? I believe so. Some of the clues to support this claim are self-evident. Donkey is a talking donkey who lives in a world inhabited by various fairy tale characters including Pinocchio himself. Might it not follow that Donkey is also a character from an established story? The post points out some other similarities between Donkey and Lampwick. Lampwick and Donkey are both annoying, and they know Pinocchio very well. And when they were shipping all the donkeys on the ship in Disney's Pinocchio, Lampwick escaped and then was found by the lady that was trying to sell him. And this guy also says that his dad can't stand Lampwick, similar to how Shrek can't stand Donkey, even though they're best friends. So, just another interesting potential theory I want to share with you guys. So anyways, guys, I hope that you guys find this video interesting. If you guys did find any of my theories a stretch, so be it. I hope that this video got you guys thinking more. I hope that at the very least, a video like this could expand your mind. I hope that you guys had fun with it, as did I. And I love you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Be sure to drop a like, leave a (coughs) comment, let me know what you guys think of this video. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Peace!